This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we work to keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name's Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. Also, mama to a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son, I am walking right beside you on the path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it really real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is a solo show, and I'm confident that what I share will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families around the globe. If you're feeling extra special, you can rate and review us over in Apple Podcasts. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy the show. Hi, welcome back. So I have to tell you guys about something. I have some podcasting mentors, women who I've learned from and who I continue to learn from about podcasting and thinking about what I'm creating here for all of you, what I'm creating for my business. Anyway, I was listening to them talk and it was their 400th episode and they were talking about how initially their podcast was like the technical aspects of podcasting and they wanted to give tips and ideas and podcasting news. And, you know, it's been 400 episodes, almost 10 years that they've been doing it. And they just were reflecting on how their show became really personal. It's called She Podcasts. And so they talk about women podcasting and also about what's been going on in their life. And the hosts have been through all sorts of things. One of them has moved a bunch of times, you know, at the start had two really small children and now they're moving into the teen years. And the other host lived through losing one of her kids to an overdose, having a child who's now eight years old. And 
They talk about mothering. They talk about womening. They talk about podcasting. And, you know, as I was listening to them, I got really emotional and I felt like I had to reach out to one of the hosts who's, you know, somebody that I work with a lot and talk about this place that I've been in with podcasting, which, you know, on one hand, I feel like I want to be really clear and concise and organized and, you know, bullet pointed and tight, right? I want to give you a tight solo show. I mean, I definitely feel like I do that with the interview shows. I create an outline. I know what questions I'm going to ask. And the interview shows, you know, those do feel really tight and well-produced. And then the solo shows sometimes feel a little looser. And I've kind of been in this question of, you know, do you want me to be like bullet pointed or not? And I just got to thinking about everything that we've been through together, you and me, especially those of you that have been here from the start and how you've heard me move through my daughter's, you know, mental health breakdown and her breakthroughs. And you've heard me move through my husband's cancer diagnosis. And we were together through the pandemic and through our big move. And, you know, I realize listening to these gals talk about, you know, their reflections of their show, it just made me realize the thing that I love most or re-realize What I really love about this podcast is it feels really intimate. It feels like a place where I can come and be super real with you and let you know what's on my heart, what's alive in my life, because oftentimes it's relatable. It's similar to what you're moving through. My dharma, my purpose, my goal in this life is to create a space where people feel seen and heard, where there's a relatability and a vulnerability and an authenticity that exists that allows for us to come together and be in our realness around what we're moving through. I think adolescence can be so isolating and scary. And that's one of the things that comes up when I do explore calls with new clients who are curious about working with me. Oftentimes, that is the experience. I don't know anyone else whose kids are doing this or I feel really alone or my friend's kids are all, you know, on the up and up and my kids going sideways. We feel so alone because there aren't really safe spaces where we can talk about what's hard during adolescence. And so, yeah, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me know that how I show up and what I show up with makes an impact on you and is really something that you cherish and tune into. Thank you for sharing your experiences with me. I hold you all in my hands, like with so much tenderness and love, because I know that our hearts are out in the world doing all the things, and it is really challenging to witness and to endure and to stand by. So I just wanted to start off with that. And I'm just going to continue to just keep it real. And if that means these solo shows get a little rambly, I'm just going to trust that you're here for it. And I am going to let go of the idea that I need to polish up anything because what's on my heart and what comes out of my mouth each week for you, I know is going to be useful to you. 
And I'm just going to trust in that and trust in the process. This week, what I want to talk about is something that comes up a lot. You know, I talk about not taking things personally. I talk about, you know, being with, like I just said, being the observer or being the witness. And I really want to dig into cultivating our outside observer. And this is something that I learned about way back in like 2014 when I went through life coach training. And one of the things that we talked a lot about was our outside observer, right? And there's, you know, the observers that we are. And when I say that, I mean experiencing ourselves. So being in the experience of a tough moment, of a joyful moment, like being all in present to the experience, yes. And then the idea that we can also be present to the experience that we're having. So let me say that a different way. You know, like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I'm having so much fun. I'm in the moment. And then also being able to say like, look at me right now. I am having a great time. I'm so in the moment, right? So being an observer of ourself is so useful, especially when we want to be on this personal growth and development journey, right? Especially when we are trying to be with what's coming up with our kids. And so actually, I texted my kids because I wanted to tell a story. I wanted to share something where, or a time where something came up and I kind of lost it and wasn't able to be calm. So I texted my kids and I said, Do you have any specific memories of a time that I flipped out at you or reacted? without taking time to calm down that I can share on the podcast. And I was prepared to hear what they were about to say. And guess what? Well, first of all, Ian did not respond because 17-year-old boy. But Rowan did. And Rowan said, you know, sorry, can't really think of anything. (laughs) Well, I am sure there are times where I responded without being thoughtful. But, you know, usually it's in my kids' favor because they'll come to me and say, I have to tell you something. And then I prepare myself for what they're about to tell me. I was listening to Armchair Expert this week. I don't know if you all listen to Armchair Expert. I'm a huge armchairy. I listen every week to all their shows. I love Doc Shepard and Monica Padman and the conversations that they're having. And this week, they were interviewing Kerry Washington. And they talked about all sorts of things, as they do. And they got on the topic of having kids and parenting and how important it is to them that their children are willing to come to them and share what's going on in their lives. And at one point, Monica, the co-host, asked Dax, well, what if your daughter came to you and she was like 14 and was like, hey, dad, I did Molly last night. Molly is MDMA. It's like a form of ecstasy. And I love that she asked him that question. It's really easy to think we know what we're going to say and then, you know, to hear something like that 14-year-old coming to you and saying, hey, I got to tell you something. I tried Molly last night. What if your kiddo came to you and said that? What if your teen was so willing and open to come to you and tell you that they had tried a substance the night before? How would you respond? I'm asking you, listener. 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. First, I think this is an easy one to consider because, well, not easy to consider, but I think it's important to remember when we think about these big questions, you know, thinking about them projected in the future, we are making guesses on how it would feel, what we would think, and how we would ultimately decide to respond in the situation. And then actually being in this situation how does it feel and how do they, how do we respond? And I'll say, I have had a very similar experience of this exact scenario. And I was pretty proud of the way that I responded, right? I was pretty proud of the way I responded. And had I been asked, how would you respond? I probably would have said, oh my God, I would freak out if my kids said that. But I got to tell you, I've had a lot of practice and a lot of commitment towards staying present, staying calm, staying with my emotions without letting them become dysregulated, right? And maybe it's not, oh, I tried a substance. Maybe our teens come to us and say, I lost my virginity or I got kicked out of class or I got another speeding ticket. Or maybe the behavior is something like you were having a hard conversation and they say, I hate you, fuck you. You're the worst parent. These are all instances that have the potential to really shoot us into this really reactive state, right? Those places where we freak out, shoot from the hip, we do things or say things that we want to take back or later on clean up. 
We get caught up in this dance of hurt, blame, shame. Nobody wins. Everybody feels bad. Disconnected is just further solidified, right? And these things are going to show up if they haven't already in your relationship with your teens. They are going to come to you, hopefully, either with information that is going to be hard to hold or they're going to be reactive to you. How do we keep our cool? How do we not take things personally? How do we respond in a way that's helpful, not hurtful, that maintains connection, right? How do we do it? And this is a question I hear all the time, right? We don't want fear to take over. We don't want to take things personally and respond from that hurt. We know in our heads, like, this isn't how I want to be. And yet these things play out. We find those vape pens, right? Maybe they don't come to us. Maybe we find out about things. We find the vape pens. We find the weed stash. We hear that they, you know, snuck out of a friend's house. All these things, right? And I talked a lot about this last week. These are legitimate, hard questions that I hear all the time. And I just want to speak specifically around how we can grow our practice of being witness to the hard things, right? Like I talked about last week, like I talked about just this morning during a client call, we only have so much control. Well, we have influence. We only have so much influence over our kids' choices, right? And what they need most from us is not like harsh punishments. They need us to be regulated, right? They need us to stay off our own emotional freight train. And that's hard to do. And we've got to be able and willing to grow that outside observer so that we can be present to them. And so what does that mean? How do we do that? How do we grow our outside observer? And the first thing is really paying attention to what it feels like to be dysregulated. And when I say that, I mean the next time you freak out on your kids, or maybe you don't freak out on your kids, but you know you're dysregulated. Your body, you notice like, okay, my heart is racing. I'm having a hard time catching my breath or my breath is shallow. My stomach's in knots. Like I can't shake the tension. Okay, that's, you know, the nervous system dysregulating. I loved last week's interview with Alyssa Campbell. We talk about physical dysregulation versus emotional dysregulation. So those are two separate things, right? There's how we feel in our body, the physical sensations. And then there's when we feel scared or angry and that feeling takes over, infiltrates our thoughts, infiltrates our actions, right? Because like Alyssa says, it's okay to feel fear. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel sadness, disappointment, full permission to feel your feelings. It's what we want to avoid or work on getting better at is not letting that feeling of like, wow, this is really scary to me become, oh my God, this is really scary to me. And now I've got to lock you down. How could you do this? What are you thinking? Like, and then we just kind of start blabbing right at them. That's not useful. So the first, again, the first question is to learn to grow our awareness. So my heart is racing. My body's dysregulated. Oh, yep. There's the fear. Oh God, I'm really scared right now. I want to say all the things, right? 
So not only feeling the feelings, but also recognizing that you're feeling the feelings, right? Growing our awareness, being with that discomfort is really important in one of the first steps, right? And this requires us to create a little bit of space, which is really useful, actually. My friend Krista, I think I've talked about this before. She puts her fist up, right? Fist up. And it's the difference between being in the experience and then she opens up her hand versus looking at the experience. So when we can say, oh, my body's tense, my heart's racing, I am moving into dysregulation, be aware of that. Do what it takes to pause, see ourselves, release attachment to that dysregulation, which just means like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take care of me right now. I'm going to take care of me right now. And then a question that I really appreciate is what do I want to create with this person? What do I want to create in this moment? What's my goal here? So I guess there's three questions. What's my goal? What do I want to create? Whichever one of these questions lands for you. And sometimes the answer to that question is, okay, I want to create safety. I want to maintain connection. I want to share my concerns in a way that can be received, right? So thinking about, you know, noticing when that dysregulation is happening, when we're taking things personally, when we're getting emotionally overwhelmed, doing what we need to do to pull back see ourselves in that and calm those systems, asking ourselves, what do I want most right now? Right? What do I want to create? I love these questions because these bring us back to long-term, right? What do I want to create? I want my kids to develop critical thinking skills. I want my kids to be reflective. I want my kids to flex into personal responsibility. The only way we can land those things is if everybody is feeling connected and safe in the space. So the next piece is around, you know, growing our outside observer so we can be with the kids that we have is to surrender to what is, right? Okay. We had a really intense situation go down last winter with one of my kids. He got himself in some trouble And it was really scary. And, you know, I know that he was thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why do I do that? I definitely had some moments of like, oh my God, can we just go back in time and make this go away? And to move through what had come up, we had to surrender to what was. Okay, this is happening. This has happened. We're moving through it. We're going to surrender to what is. We're going to move through it. We're going to build perspective, right? Which means like holding space to get to the point of recognizing this is not the end of the world, right? Everybody's okay. This is happening, right? This is, everybody's okay. And this, again, like we're in that outside observer. We're looking at the whole picture. We're looking at past, present, future. We're looking at, you know, long-term goals, long-term results, right? What's the lesson here? What is this offering me? Not just our kids. I think we like 
really want to focus on our kids and their behavior and what they're doing and their long-term and we get all freaked out. And that's part of the dysregulation. But remember too, in this dynamic relationship that we have with them and they're moving through their stuff and we're trying to be witness, even though we're completely emotionally invested, there's also opportunity when we're pulled out and we're in our observer of self where we get to say, what's the lesson for me here? What am I learning? How is this growing me? How can I flex into my perspective taking skills, my personal responsibility skills, my critical thinking skills? How can I make sure that the message of love is getting through? Right? I talked about that last week. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And yeah, you know, growing that outside observer supports us in being with the messy train of the teen years. And I say that a lot, right? Like it's messy. It's kind of like my tagline. Just because it's messy doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong, right? Just because your kids are, you know, leaning into novelty seeking and risk-taking, just because your kids are, you know, on the spectrum of getting into mischief doesn't mean that you've done something wrong, right? I really want you to hear that. And for many of us, this risk-taking behavior is something that what we're going to end up doing is living through it ultimately, right? Is 
being in relationship with them and having important conversations and processing and trusting their process and their timeline around, you know, coming to their own conclusions about, is this behavior going to take me forward or backwards? Again, just building on what I started talking about last week for sure. And I'm talking about it again because it keeps coming up. And because I know that if you hear it many different times, it's going to land in different ways. So in the context of this outside observer, the outside observer is the you that is going to be supportive and trusting the process. The outside observer is the part of you that's going to remind you to surrender to what is. This is the kid you have. You have a risk taker or you have a wallflower or you know, maybe you're super high achieving and your kiddos don't really like to push themselves, right? You know, there's a million different combinations of who you are and who they are that creates like angst for the parent. Doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. And we get to hold space for the kid that we have. We get to look at their strengths. We get to remember their strengths. Again, outside observer, outside observer is solution focused and strength minded and growth motivated. I love this phrase. I just learned this phrase on a different podcast I was listening to. It comes from Maslow's work being growth motivated, right? Versus deficiency motivated. Deficiency motivated, as I understand it is, oh, I'm not good enough at this, or I'm not getting these results. So I'm going to do something different, right? Growth motivated is just, I want to be better. I want to get better at this. Like everything's fine and I want to be more connected. I'm curious about this, right? I want to keep growing. And I love the concept of growth motivated in the parenting conversation because, you know, I just see so many, not you guys, of course, you guys are exceptional, but there's so many parents that it's just like, oh no, I'm, you know, they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and they're okay with that. And I'm like, oh my God. You're growing a human. Why do you think you know what you're doing? Why do you think that, you know, shooting from the hip and just doing what comes natural, because by the way, what comes natural is all wrapped up in your shit and in your conditioning and in your own misguided beliefs. Like, why wouldn't you want to learn more for the sake of learning more and doing better? Growth motivated is the bomb. I'm into it. So yeah, so your kids come to you with this crazy reflection or revelation or reveal how to maintain, you know, that sense of calm, lovingly, you know, fierce commitment, loving detachment. So going back to this conversation that I listened to on this podcast with Dax and Monica and Carrie Washington, like I said, I loved this conversation. And so it goes on, Dax is asked, okay, so imagine your daughter's you know, one of your girls comes and says, hey, dad, you know, we tried Molly last night. And I love Dax's response because what he says is, you know, I'd probably be like, oh my gosh, was it fun? Did you like it? And then Carrie Washington says, I'm so grateful that you told me the truth. And that's kind of where the conversation started was around like, we want our kids to come to us. We want us, them to tell us the truth. And Dax goes on to say like, tell me about your experience. What did you guys do? And really, I loved this because I'm so here for it. I think it's so important when our kids come to us with stuff like this to stay in that 
curiosity, like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. What was that like? How did you feel? You know, then they get to feel seen and heard and, you know, validated that they're having a real experience. And then we get to move into, you know, and this is what he said. And granted, he's also an addict, right? And he says, you know, here's what you should know about Molly. It's pretty addictive. And, you know, it it turns into some pretty scary chemicals when it's in your body. We definitely want to keep an eye on this. And by the way, your serotonin's going to totally drop probably by Tuesday. I'll be here for you when you feel really crummy. You know, offering them information, right? And I think the only way we can respond this way, and I remember having a similar conversation with a reveal, and I've shared about this on the podcast, where one of my kids told me something and I could remember my nervous system being like, bing, like, oh my God, holy shit. But also asking those same similar kinds of questions like, oh my gosh, wow, tell me more about it. Like, how did that feel for you? And what did you notice? And, you know, who were you with? Did you feel safe? You know, and then moving into, wow, what could the consequences be? What could have happened? Here's what I know about that thing. So it's like that information sandwich, right? Where we're connecting with them around their experience and we're offering some information around like why this is probably not a great idea and we're going to love them no matter what and all of the things that we want to land, right? But again, we can only show up this way when we can get out of the fear mind, get out of the, well, the fear, the anger, the disappointment, and that outside observer can really help us, right? Being able to say, okay, I see myself. I see my heart rate increasing. Oh my gosh, I really want to come unglued. I can see myself. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to surrender to what is. This is happening. We're having this conversation. Okay, what do I want to create in this moment? I want to create connection. I want to create trust and safety. I want my kid to know they can, I want to, this is my moment, right? To be in the action of making sure my kid knows they truly can bring me anything and I can hold it, right? I also want to offer up some information. I want to offer up my emotional honesty, right? I get to be present and also share like, this is really scary to me. This really concerns me, right? So growing that outside observer is really powerful when it comes to being with the things that our kids are bringing us, right? So just building on last week's show, if you didn't listen to last week's show, it was when our kids hold us hostage, right? Because I'm here for those of you that are building those relationships where your kids tell you everything. Also, I will say some of you, your kids might not tell you everything, right? You might be like, oh my God, I wish I could practice this because it means that my kids would talk to me. And there's a variety of reasons, right? You know this, I've talked about this a lot that kids keep things secret. One is they don't know if you can handle it. They wanna protect you. Right on some level, they know this is not the smartest thing for me to be doing. I don't want my parent to worry about it, or I don't want my parent to judge me about it. Right. So I'm not going to tell them. Or, you know, again, maybe there's something to clean up. Maybe they feel like I'm going to be, I'm already judging myself. My parent will judge me if I go to them. So there's lots of reasons why our kiddos might not want to 
come to us. Feel free to listen to like a billion other podcasts where I've talked about this, including last week. And maybe it's not your relationship with your kids. Maybe it's your relationship with your partner or other parts of your life, other relationships in your life where you're feeling really reactive and you're having a hard time being in relationship and connection. Think about growing your outside observer, right? Think about expanding the view that you're taking in the moment around what's going on, right? Because when we are in our outside observer, we can take into account what are we going through? What are they going through? What is the situation? Mutual respect, I think, can show up when we are actively growing that outside observer because I can be respectful of the person in front of me and recognize they're the whole iceberg, not just the tip. They've got things going on while also respecting myself and the situation that's unfolding, right? We have to have enough space to be with all of that. And when we're trapped inside of our own experience and how are they, why are they doing this to me and how dare they and I'm so scared and what have I done wrong and poor me and victim or any of those things that keeps our perspective really small. And so when we notice that conversation happening, that's a place where we're already tapping into that outside observer like, oh, look at me going into intense self-doubt, going into some victim talk. Okay, I'm going to grow that. I'm going to grow that outside observer. I'm going to be present. What's going on with the person in front of me? What do they need? You might need to walk away in that moment to calm down and really access the broader perspective, right? All right. Well, I mean, that's what I got for you today. I hope that was useful and I'm trusting that it was. And, you know, we're coming off of this week's interview. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen yet with Brenda Zane, who returned to the podcast to talk about specific scenarios from the community around drugs and substance use. So, you know, I figured, hey, this is an awesome opportunity to talk about outside observer and growing it because, man, do we need it. Those of us who have kids that are on the high novelty-seeking spectrum, man, oh, man, Let's keep working on that outside observer so that we can show up for them in a way that's really, really useful. That's what I got. That's what I got. I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Let me know what you think about all this. Shoot me an email at Casey at joyfulcourage.com or a DM on social media. I am here for you. Big love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you so much to my Sproutable partners, Julieta and Alana, as well as Danielle and Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and helping it to sound so good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay better connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in on Monday for a brand new interview and I will be back solo with you next Thursday. Have a great day. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.